is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Lockdown Clippers. I'm your host, Lucas Han. Today is Wednesday, March 1st. We're finally into March, um, the last full month of the NBA regular season. Obviously, there's a couple weeks in April before things officially get into the playoffs. But for now, we're talking about what the Clippers have to do in this last month, basically to get where they want to be to set themselves up um, playoff-wise. This is our middle episode of the week on Wednesday. We're here with new episodes every Monday through Friday, so thanks for listening today. I want to talk a little bit about the Clippers-Houston game that's coming up tonight. Um, Now, the most important thing in this game, obviously, is the seeding ramifications. With each of these teams really vying for the third seed in the Western Conference, and the Rockets currently having a pretty significant lead over the Clippers. Um, right now, the Rockets sit at a record of, record of 42 and 19, and the Clippers are 36 and 23. Now, you can kind of forget about the win column here, in the sense that each team is going to count on winning the vast majority of their remaining games. Um, what's most important really is the loss column. Right now, the Rockets have 19 losses, and the Clippers have 23. Where do the Rockets get? four more losses than the Clippers the rest of the way? Well, the easy and obvious answer before you look too deeply is there are two more head-to-head games with the Clippers, the first one being tonight's, and the Rockets play the Golden State Warriors, the best team in basketball, two more times. There's your four games. There's your margin. You know, that that's how you close the gap. Now it's about playing the Rockets even the rest of the way. And even that is um, is going to be pretty tough because... If you didn't notice when I when I read the um, the records, the Rockets have already played more games than the Clippers, so the Clippers have to win a bunch. Um, they have to they have to kind of catch up from having a slow patch of schedule when Chris Paul was hurt, which was good for the team. But again, now they've got to catch up. Um, the Clippers have, including this game against Houston, 23 games left in the regular season. I'm breaking this down kind of into two stretches. They've got the first 16 starting again today, March 1st, in like this really dense 16 games and 26 night stretch where they don't have two days off at all in in these 26 upcoming days. And then you move into the final seven games where this schedule stretches out. Teams are going to start resting, guys. But if you're 
you know, one game behind, one game ahead, it starts really mattering. The other reason why I think those final um, seven games are significant for the Clippers is because once they get into April and five of those seven games are in April, um, they're going to know whether or not they're really competing with the Houston Rockets for for that three seed um, because the Rockets, both of their games that are left against the Golden State Warriors are in late March. One of them is on March 28th and one is on March 31st. So if the Clippers don't make up ground against the Rockets in that time, until that game on March 28th between the Warriors and the Rockets, and the Rockets win then they'll basically be able to slam the door shut. Um, there's a, there's going to be a lot of opportunities here for the Rockets to slam the door shut. They're going to have to leave it open for the Clippers. And the Clippers are going to have to, on their part, play really well to, you know, to shove it open more than just... Right now it's like a little ajar, right? It's not quite latched. The Clippers are going to have to blast that door open. And it starts with this game tonight. Um... The Rockets, for their part, you know, have been kind of obliging. They lost to the Pacers earlier this week after losing to the Pacers last month in January. They lost to the Miami Heat twice in the last, like, six weeks. Um, They've lost games to teams like Milwaukee and, you know, they lost to the Atlanta Hawks, who the Clippers were able to beat both times. So... It's like they're they're leaving that door just ajar. But like I said, I want to look a little bit more in depth in the schedule um, for you guys on today's episode so we can look at what exactly to expect in the next six weeks between now and the end of the season. So here's how this first 16-game stretch goes. I'm going to list the 16 games, and then we'll go into it and break it down a little bit more. Um, Actually, I'm going to list the 26 days. So there's 26 days, 16 of them are game days, so it'll be, you know, I'll, I'll tell you when the Clippers have an off day. First versus Houston, then an off day, then a back-to-back at Milwaukee and at Chicago, another off day, home against the Celtics, off day, at Minnesota, at Memphis back-to-back, off day, home against Philadelphia, off day, in Utah, off day, home against Milwaukee, in Denver, back-to-back, off day, home against Cleveland, off day, home against the Knicks, at technically away game, at the Lakers, back-to-back, the the Knicks and Lakers games are back-to-back, off day, home against the Mavericks, off day, home against the Jazz, home against the Kings, back-to-back. That's kind of a crazy 26 games. Um, So the games that obviously stand out are the seven games against playoff opponents in those 16 games. Um, I'm not counting Denver as a playoff opponent right now. They very well may make the playoffs, but in my mind, right now there's like seven real playoff teams in each conference, which would be the seven teams on each side that are above 500. The eight seed in each conference, there's like a drop-off right now. So whoever makes it, I'm really considering teams above 500, the, the, like the quality playoff teams, whatever you want to call them. Um, the first one is Houston, obviously a must win for the Clippers. They play in Chicago on the second night of a back-to-back, which is really tough. 
but Chicago isn't that great. They're just like right about 500 in the East. Um, so you'd hope to win that game. They play at home versus Boston, which is a tough game, except that Boston is going to be on the second night of a back-to-back. You know, hopefully it's only a few games away. The Clippers will still be healthy. So you think you can win that game. It starts getting really tough when you have that at Memphis on the second night of a back-to-back coming from Minnesota. I think the Clippers, you know, just picking games ahead of time, I would say that game's a likely loss. Um, They play at Utah, but the Clippers have dominated Utah lately. They host the Cavaliers, which is going to be interesting because the Clippers have always struggled against LeBron's teams um, in, like, the Chris Paul era. But they did beat the Cavaliers pretty resoundingly earlier this year. And the Cavaliers are going to be hurt. Um, They're still missing, I think, J.R. Smith, and now Kevin Love is out. So maybe with them being shorthanded, that's a game that you can snag. Um, That one maybe is a little more up for grabs. And then the final game of the stretch, or the final game against the playoff team of the stretch, is another game against the Utah Jazz, who, you know, that's that's just the kind of game the Clippers have to win. If you're going to worry about if you can only lose a handful of games the rest of the season and you've got like Memphis on the second night of a back-to-back might be one of those games. Having to play the defending champion Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James might be one of those games. You really can't lose games at home against the Utah Jazz or even in Utah. Um, that's just a tough one to, to lose, I think. The other game in that stretch that's, that's interesting is the Milwaukee-Denver back-to-back. The Clippers play Milwaukee in Los Angeles, and then they travel to Denver. So anytime that a team plays at altitude in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back, they tend to struggle. Um, it's like one of the biggest home court advantages in the NBA, not because of crowd noise, but just because of altitude. Um, and whenever it... I, Oh, man. I read a really interesting piece on this, I think during the offseason when the schedule came out, the NBA made a concerted effort to cut down on the teams that we would be traveling to Denver for the second night of a back-to-back because the Nuggets had such an advantage over the years. But I don't, I don't remember where I read it. Um, it might have been from Denver Stiffs. DenverStiffs.com is my my website. Clips Nation covers the Clippers. Denver Stiffs is our sister site covering the Denver Nuggets. It's run by Adam Mares, who's a really cool guy and a friend of mine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously a really tough game going to altitude on the second night of a back-to-back. What's fortunate for the Clippers is that the Rockets also have a second night of a back-to-back in Denver during this, um, during this last month of the season. So that, that's kind of a wash there. Um, now, I think the, the Clippers, you know, you want to be worried about teams like Milwaukee. Because Milwaukee has knocked off some good teams. The Clippers haven't played them yet this year, and they've got them twice in the coming weeks. So you think maybe they, you know, either they sleep on them the first time and get upset, or they beat them kind of easily the first time and then really sleep on them the second time. But frankly, they can't afford it. Um, and it would be really disappointing to see after the team had lapses early in the year against Detroit, against Indiana both times. Um, you know, they blew that lead in Washington. So I think for them, you know, that that's just the kind of game that they have to take care of business in. Um, so I think 
in in this 16 game stretch it's not unreasonable for the team to go 14 and 2 or 13 and 3 depending on um you know if they win this first game against the rockets if they win this first game against the rockets you say they really have a chance um you know obviously they're going to have to play well to beat the rockets so now they're getting into a groove they're getting their you know everyone's back healthy the schedule's kind of soft it's feasible and it's kind of what they need i don't think if they go worse than 13 and 3 it's going to take kind of a meltdown by the rockets for the clippers to be able to to really close the gap um now what's nice for the clippers is once they get through that really tough stretch of 16 games and 26 nights they've got kind of an easy close to the year so they've got seven games after that um across the last two weeks of the season including after they they started with a back-to-back and then they have only five games in the last or um yeah, only four games in the last 11 days after they play three games in the first four days. So they'll play Washington and Phoenix on the 29th and 30th, the Lakers for the last time of the year on April 1st, and then after that they've got three days off and then four games in the last week. So they should be able to get plenty of rest going into the playoffs, um, even without having to sit the starters in games like they did last year they the schedule is just built kind of nicely here at the end for bumps and bruises to heal up and guys to you know not be fatigued but here's what's interesting in these seven games the final seven games of the year the clippers play four lottery teams and three playoff teams which is a pretty mild distribution you know it's not extremely tilted either way the suns the lakers the mavericks the kings You'd expect the Clippers to win all four of those games if they're in a position where it's those are games that they need for playoff seeding. Those are games where the Clippers need, to, you know, um, as, especially as far as lottery teams go. The only one that could really bite you, I guess, would be Dallas if Dallas is pushing for the eight seed and, you know, might be even a little more desperate and motivated than the Clippers would be. The three playoff teams they play during that stretch, Washington, um, San Antonio and Houston are all going to be traveling on the second night of a back-to-back when they play the Clippers. So it's late in the season. Teams are tired. Teams are resting guys for the playoffs. And all three of those teams are going to be traveling on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, the Wizards, I think that means that the Clippers have to be pretty solid favorites in that game. First of all, you know Chris Paul is going to be pissed off because they lost to the Wizards earlier in the year. But even beyond that, the Clippers are probably a better team than the Wizards, and the Wizards are coming to L.A., and the Wizards are on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, the Spurs, if they see that the Clippers getting the three-seed is a real possibility, and the Spurs are scared, you know, if they decide that they want to play the Rockets in the second round instead of the Clippers, because the Clippers have played the Spurs well in recent years, the Spurs might very well decide to rest their guys the first night of their back-to-back and then try to beat the Clippers. So that one will be a little interesting. We'll have to see, you know, who is exactly where and what the Spurs' priorities are when they come down to it. But even if the Spurs try hard in that game, the Clippers are coming off of two days of rest um, and five of the last six days before that game off. So you think, you know, well-rested and, again, sufficiently motivated at the end of the year to, to lock up that three seed, 
they'd be able to win that game too. Um, and obviously, the most important game, um, if the Clippers win tonight's game against the Rockets, the most important game of the season will probably probably be that April 10th game between the Clippers and Rockets, the last meeting of the season. So if the Clippers win both of these games, they'll have the tiebreaker over the Rockets, which is obviously crucial because it's going to be hard for them to pass them, but maybe they can pull into a tie. It's the second to last game of the season for each team. So there's not going to be a lot of, you know, unless the Kings upset the Clippers on the last night of the year or the Timberwolves upset the Rockets on the last night of the year, that game is going to decide potentially who gets the three seed. If the Clippers are able to pull off this crazy run, that game will be the one that decides who finally gets it. Um, and the Rockets have to travel after playing in Sacramento the night before. And again, unlike the Spurs, who the Spurs are probably going to be cemented into the three seed by the time we get to the second week of April. So the Spurs aren't going to especially care about losing the game before they play the Clippers if what's more important to them is giving the Clippers a loss to mess up the Clippers' run at the three seed. The Rockets can't rest James Harden the night before they play the Clippers in Sacramento because they need that win in this hypothetical scenario. So that gives the Clippers a huge leg up that they're playing that game at home, that presumably if they get there, they're going to be hot, um, and that the Rockets are on a second night of a back-to-back. So the grunt work for the Clippers to catch the Rockets for the three seed is going to come early on. It's going to be, first of all, this game tonight, which if the Clippers lose this game, you know, might as well throw the first 20 minutes of this podcast into the garbage because none of it is going to be relevant anymore. But if the Clippers win this game, now you start thinking, can we get this second night of back-to-back in Chicago? Can we win second night of back-to-back in altitude in Denver? Can we get tough wins against teams like Boston? And if you do and you get sufficiently hot, you, you have a chance um, to make that April 10th game matter. I think that has to be like the goal right now is can we make that April 10th game against the Rockets matter? The first step is winning tonight. And then there's a ton of stuff, steps afterwards, but literally none of them matter if the Clippers can't win tonight's game. Um, now looking just briefly at Houston's upcoming schedule and not as much in depth as we did with the Clippers, they basically, from from what I, I just read, the Clippers should, not should, but hopefully can either go 13-3 and or 14-2 and in the next 16 games. Then they can either hopefully go 6-1 and or 7-0 and in the final games. So you're looking at two to four losses. Um, the Rockets right now are four games ahead of the Clippers. So you're looking at six, Houston needs to lose six to eight games the rest of the way for this tie to come to fruition, basically. We already talked about the two games to the Clippers. Obviously, if the Clippers don't win those two head-to-head games, none of this matters. And the two games to the Golden State Warriors, which aren't automatic losses, but 
it's a it's pretty significant when you say the Clippers don't have to play the Warriors again. The Rockets have to play them twice in the same week. Here are the other games that the Rockets have left on their schedule. They play the Cleveland Cavaliers, just like the Clippers do. They play the Utah Jazz, San Antonio Spurs, Memphis Grizzlies, Oklahoma City, Thunder, and Chicago Bulls. So they play a nice ensemble of playoff teams, um, kind of similar to, to how the Clippers do. The Clippers basically need to win games against teams like Memphis, Memphis and San Antonio and Utah, while Houston loses games to teams like Memphis and Oklahoma City and San Antonio and Utah. Um, now those are like the those teams that I just listed are like the six tough games that the Rockets have left. They probably aren't going to lose four of those six games. So you need them to lose more games like the other night to teams they should probably beat, like Indiana. They play New Orleans, who, you know, I, I hope the Pelicans figure it out with, with Davis and Cousins and make the playoffs this year because it would be kind of a huge disappointment if they traded for DeMarcus Cousins without really giving up anything and then still weren't able to sneak into the eighth seed. But they play... Um, the Rockets and Pelicans play each other two more times, so if the Pelicans get hot and go on a tear to get the 8th seed, the Rockets could be a victim of that. The Clippers don't have any games left against them. The Rockets also play the Denver Nuggets three more times. Denver has proven itself to be at least an interesting team, um, if not necessarily a good one, and right now they hold the 8th seed and they might be motivated to hold on to it. Um, now, I, I mentioned that the Clippers play one game at altitude in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Well, like I said, the Rockets play one of those games at altitude in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back, -back too. But they also play the Nuggets two more times in Houston. So if Denver can even steal one of those three games against the Rockets, that's huge for the Clippers to give the Rockets an extra loss. And then one other game I think um, might be worth keeping an eye on is the, the, right there at the end of March, the Rockets play in Portland. Now, Portland is pretty much out of the playoff picture. Um, not in the standings. If you look at it, they're still right there in 10th, um, just half a game out of 9th behind the Kings. But with the, the way that they're playing... Um, they're, they've been uninspired. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They traded their starting center for um, Joseph Nurkic, who is not a starting center, and they traded him to the Denver Nuggets, who are the team that is currently in the 8th spot that you'd think Portland's trying to get to. So it doesn't seem like playoffs are their goals. But Damian Lillard, and I say this endearingly, is a tough motherfucker. And CJ McCollum is no slouch either, and those guys can score the basketball. And so Portland is like um, like a not great but good college basketball team in the NCAA tournament in the sense that they aren't going to be the powerhouse, but they've got the high-scoring guards that can knock off anyone on a given night. So that's a game worth, um, worth keeping an eye on, especially because the, the Rockets have a really tough end to March. They play Oklahoma City on the 26th, then they play Golden State on the 28th, and then on the 30th and 31st, they have a back-to-back -back in Portland in Golden State. That's a really tough 
four-game stretch. They could lose all four of those games without you really holding it against them. Um, on the other hand, if they play well and if they can go three and one in that stretch, that's like a lot of their their probable losses um, that kind of turn the Clippers' plan to catch them on its head. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I know I, I'm talking in like the most optimistic terms, right? Like, oh, the Clippers are going to go 20 and three, you know, stuff like that. I don't think it's guaranteed. No, I mean, obviously it's not guaranteed that the Clippers are going to do this, but it's it might not even be particularly likely. I'm just trying to illustrate that there's a path there and it's feasible even if it's, if it's unlikely. And, you know, the Clippers might lose tonight to the Rockets and then that's that. It's not really feasible anymore. But if the Clippers win and then they get hot in the next 10 games and you say, okay, well, now there's... 12 games left in the season and we're two games behind the Rockets and you start, you know, it gets, it starts to get like it could look a little more reasonable. Um, and I think the three seed is important for the Clippers. It's, this is not the podcast, um, or at least not, this is not the episode to have an existential debate about should the Clippers go for three, um, or should they drop down to six to avoid the Warriors or, should they be happy at four and get a chance to play the Warriors in the second round? Does it matter if the Clippers lose to the Warriors in the playoffs? Um, does it matter if they lose to them in the second round or the Western Conference Finals? Those are all kind of like big picture questions, and I, I'm, you know, I've got takes. <laughs> don't I, it's not like I don't have takes, but um, maybe now is not the time um, to get into it, especially as we're passing the 25 minute mark. Um, and with that, I am going to call this one an episode um just briefly let's keep an eye on Houston's offense tonight and their defense because the Clippers are a team that has always had put the an analyst just told you to watch out for offense and defense so you should be set for basketball now maybe maybe check out some rebounding too um but what what I mean by that really is that there's a huge disparity with the Rockets the last time I checked, they were the number two offense in the league, obviously behind the Warriors, and the number 14 defense, which is mediocre. And they traded Corey Brewer, who's a good def good defender who doesn't play offense at all, for unless it's game six against the Clippers. Um, but, you know, for Lou Williams, who's a really talented individual offensive player who's having an efficient year, who doesn't play defense at all. So it seems like that disparity might even widen. I don't know that they're going to pass the Warriors for the number one offensive spot, but their defense might get even worse. For the Clippers, you know, how can you how can you bridge that gap? Because the Clippers have always been a team that that has been pretty good at both, you know, top 10 at both or even top five at both at times. So the Clippers aren't going to be able to score with, the Rockets and their defense isn't going to be to be able to totally shut the Rockets down like they do to, to a team like the Utah Jazz where they held them to 72 points the other night but can the Clippers defense do enough and can the Clippers offense take advantage of the Rockets horrible defense um now I know I I pretty much just told you look out for the Clippers offense versus the Rockets defense and the Rockets defense versus the Clippers or the Rockets offense versus the Clippers defense, but I mean, I guess that's that's basketball, right? Um, oversimplified, but the Rockets are explosive as hell. 
If the Clippers can limit their runs and not get rattled when they do go on runs, the Clippers should be able to outplay them over the period of periods of the game when the Rockets aren't getting scorching hot from deep. But they have the potential like the Warriors do to go on those crazy runs. Um, I think a big part of it is going to be containing J- James Harden, which is obviously easier said than done, although the Clippers have done a pretty good job on him in recent years. But it should be a fun game. I'm excited basically because Houston has been really good this year, and the only time they've played the Clippers under this new Mike D'Antoni system, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were both out, and they just swept the floor with um, with the visiting second unit from um, from the Clippers' side. So I'm excited to see these teams match up because this is a rare case where the Clippers are going up against a good team that we don't know. When they play the Cavaliers, we know how that game looks. We've seen Clippers-Cavaliers. When they play the Warriors, we know how the game looks. We've seen Clippers-Warriors. The Grizzlies, we've seen a ton of. The Thunder, we've seen a ton of. The Spurs, we've seen a ton of. This team in Houston, even though the Clippers played the Houston Houston Rockets in the playoffs a couple years ago, this Houston team is like a completely new look under Mike D'Antoni with James Harden playing point guard. So it's going to be really, really interesting um, in my mind to see how the teams match up, how the styles clash. Because we haven't seen the Clippers at full strength go up against this Rockets, this Rockets team ever. Now that that brief note has stretched on for a few minutes, um, I am going to call it an episode. Thank you again for listening. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and tweet me any comments or suggestions or feedback or whatever you want to tweet me at Lucas J. Han. You can email me, lhan.clipsnation at gmail.com. You can also feel free to tweet at ClipsNationSBN to chat Clippers. Check out my work at ClipsNation.com. You know, make an account, leave a comment. Um, it's a good time. I enjoy commenting with the guys there. Uh, and gals. We have some gals, um, which is pretty cool for, for a sports community. And then if you want to follow Clips Nation on Facebook, just type Clips Nation in the Facebook search bar. And then... Um, go ahead and set yourself up to get notifications if the Clips Nation Facebook account does live videos because I do from time to time do live question and answers either post game or at halftime. So those are, you know, those are a blast. And if you like my podcast, you'd probably like to listen to that too. If you do like the podcast, which, you know, you're listening here at minute 30, so you probably do go ahead and subscribe on iTunes and leave me a good review. Um, those are, are pretty cool to see and um you know it it's nice to get a little bit of validation you know you don't want to base everything on on the feedback you get from other people but it is nice to hear um, to hear nice things about the work that you do as i'm sure everyone can relate to with that have a happy wednesday everybody go clippers tonight in what is going to be their biggest game of the season so far and we'll be back tomorrow on thursday talking about this game talking about you know what the clippers do going forward depending on if they win or lose And then our last episode of the week is going to be on Friday before we start all over again next week. Once again, we have episodes every Monday through Friday. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Luke Sand signing off for Lockdown Clippers.